Hello and welcome to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny. Today is Friday, September 22nd, and I hope that you are having a wonderful day. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you had a great week. I hope that you are looking forward to a great weekend. Now, if this is your first time listening to our show, I want to say welcome. My Daily Trivia is a 10-round quiz show with no specific themes, topics, or categories. We do, however, have a new episode every day, Monday through Friday, with each day getting progressively harder. So, of course, today is the end of the week. It's Friday. It might be the best day of the week for you. But, hey, you know what? We're going to make today the most challenging of the trivia questions. So, if you find that uh, if you find that this episode is a bit too challenging, well, not to fear. You can take the weekend off. Rejoin us on Monday. It's going to be the easiest day of the week. If, however, you find this episode to be a bit uh, too simple, well, pat yourself on the back because this is as hard as it gets. So, without any further delay, let's get into today's round of questions with question number one. What was the birth name of the famous Mongol leader known as Genghis Khan? And his real name was Temujin. That's Temujin. That's T-E-M-U-J-I-N. Temujin. Genghis Khan was the founder and first Kajan of the Mongol Empire, which later became the largest contiguous land empire in all of history. Having spent the majority of his life uniting the Mongol tribes, he launched a series of military campaigns that conquered large parts of China and Central Asia. Now, a fun fact, or not-so-fun fact, I guess, technically, is that Genghis Khan was responsible for the deaths of as many as 40 million people. All told, the Mongols' attacks may have reduced the entire world population by as much as 11%. Yes, you heard that correctly. The result of the Mongol attacks may have reduced the entire global population by as much as 11%. That was Genghis Khan. Now, I know some of you are sitting there going, is he saying Genghis? Genghis Khan, not Genghis? And yes, I'm saying Genghis Khan. Either pronunciation is acceptable. I personally listened to a a podcast called Hardcore History, uh, and there was a podcast about Genghis Khan and the Mongol Empire. And in that podcast, he pronounced Genghis Khan. So that's the way I'm pronouncing it. But of course, you can say Genghis Khan. And of course, we can all say Temujin. Moving on to question number two. The Pleiades, also known as the Seven Sisters, is an open star cluster in the constellation of Taurus. In Greek mythology, who is considered the father of the Pleiades? And their father was the Titan Atlas. The Pleiades, also known as the Seven Sisters, Messier 45, and other names by different cultures, is an asterism and an open star cluster containing middle-aged, hot, B-type stars in the northwest of the constellation Taurus. 
Now, in Greek mythology, the Pleiades were the seven sister nymphs, companions of Artemis, the goddess of the hunt. Their parents were the Titan Atlas, that's the one who is condemned to hold up the hold up the heavens, and their mother was the Oceanid Pl- Pleione, I believe is how you pronounce the name. The names of the sisters, the seven sisters, are Maya, Electra, Tejit, Alison, Seleno, Sterope, and Merope. Now, I undoubtedly mispronounced probably all seven of them. And you know what? I probably got Electra right. I think I got Electra correct. I, one out of seven is not great. So if, if you know the names and, and you know that I'm mispronouncing them, I, I apologize for all six. But those are the names of the seven sisters. Those are the daughters of the Titan Atlas. Moving on to question number three. What is the name of the first thoroughbred horse ever recorded in historical pedigrees? And that horse was known as the Byerly Turk. That's Byerly, B-Y-E-R-L-E-Y, the Byerly Turk. The thoroughbred is a horse breed developed for horse racing. Although the word thoroughbred is sometimes used to refer to any type of breed of purebred horse, it technically refers only to the thoroughbred breed. Thoroughbreds are considered hot-blooded horses that are known for their agility, their speed, and their spirit. All modern thoroughbred horses trace back to three stallions imported into England from the Middle East in the late 17th and early 18th centuries. The Byerly Turk was in the 1680s, the Darley Arabian was around 1704, and the Godolphin Arabian was around 1729. And these three sires are the ancestors of every thoroughbred horse that we see racing, which is quite impressive. But that first one was the Byerly Turk. Question number four. What country was Che Guevara originally from before becoming involved in revolutionary activities in Cuba? And Che Guevara was originally from Argentina. Ernesto Che Guevara was an Argentine Marxist revolutionary, physician, author, guerrilla leader, diplomat, and military theorist. A major figure of the Cuban Revolution, his stylized visage has become a ubiquitous countercultural symbol of rebellion and global insignia in popular culture. Guevara remains both a revered and a reviled historical figure, polarized in the collective imagination in a multitude of biographies, memoirs, essays, documentaries, songs, and films. Despite disagreements on his legacy, Time named him one of the 100 most influential people of the 20th century, while Alberto Corda's photograph of him, titled Guerrillo Horatio, was cited by the Maryland Institute College of Arts as, quote, the most famous photograph in the world. And if you don't quite know what that photograph is, 
I guarantee you've seen it. It's, you probably saw it in college on someone's dorm room wall. You've probably seen it on the t-shirt of someone in a band at a concert somewhere. His face, this image, is absolutely everywhere. It probably is, I would agree. Maybe the most famous photograph in the world. And that face belonged to Che Guevara, a native to Argentina. Moving on to question number five. What novel, set during the Spanish Civil War, first published in 1936, is one of the best-selling books of all time, with over 150 million copies sold worldwide? And that book is For Whom the Bell Tolls. For Whom the Bell Tolls is a novel by Ernest Hemingway, published in 1940. It tells the story of Robert Jordan, a young American volunteer attached to a Republican guerrilla unit during the Spanish Civil War. As a dynamiter, he is assigned to blow up a bridge during an attack on the city of Segovia. The novel is regarded as one of Hemingway's best works, along with The Sun Also Rises, A Farewell to Arms, and The Old Man and the Sea. Now, what I did not know is that For Whom the Bell Tolls truly is regarded as one of Hemingway's best works. All the books that I just listed by him, I've read myself. I personally found For Whom the Bell Tolls certainly a great book, but I think my favorite one is still A Farewell to Arms. I read that one when I was quite a bit younger, and frankly, the ending shocked me, shocked me into loving the book. So, while For Whom the Bell Tolls, I tip the hat, A Farewell to Arms remains my personal favorite by Ernest Hemingway. Also, a fun fact, Ernest Hemingway actually knew Che Guevara from our last, from our last uh, answer. Che Guevara participated in a fishing contest that Ernest Hemingway had in Cuba during the 1930s. So Ernest Hemingway actually knew Che Guevara. Kind of a fun little twist there. In any case, that was For Whom the Bell Tolls by Ernest Hemingway. Question number six. What car manufacturer makes the hybrid car called the P1? And that manufacturer is McLaren. The McLaren P1 is a supercar produced by the British marquee McLaren Automotive. It is a plug-in hybrid with a mid-engine layout. It was first shown at the 2012 Paris Motor Show with sales of the P1 beginning in the United Kingdom in October of 2013 and all of the limited run of the 375 units sold by November 2013, just one month later. Production ended in early December of 2015. So once again, that P1, that is made by McLaren. Question number seven. Before it was dissolved, what was the capital of the country of Yugoslavia? And the capital city of the former Yugoslavia was Belgrade. 
Yugoslavia was a country in Southeast and Central Europe, which existed from 1918 to 1992. It came into existence in 1918, following World War I, and following World War II, the country was renamed to the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia, that's S-F-R-Y for short. After an economic and political crisis in the 1980s and the rise of nationalism and ethnic tensions, Yugoslavia broke up along its republic's borders, at first into five countries, leading to the Yugoslav Wars. From 1993 to 2017, the International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia tried political and military leaders from the former Yugoslavia for war crimes, genocide, and other crimes committed during those wars. So before all of that, that capital city was Belgrade. Question number eight. In the early development of the classic video game Pac-Man, what was the original Japanese name for the character now known as Pac-Man? And Pac-Man's first name was actually Puck-Man. Pac-Man, originally called Puck-Man in Japan, is a 1980 maze action video game developed and released by Namco for arcades. In North America, the game was released by Midway Manufacturing as part of its licensing agreement with Namco America. The player controls Pac-Man, who must eat all the dots inside an enclosed maze while avoiding four colored ghosts. The game remains one of the highest grossing and best-selling games, generating more than $14 billion in revenue as of 2016. So that was Pac-Man, a.k.a. Puck-Man. I'm kind of glad they changed the name. I can't say the word Puck-Man without thinking of a hockey puck. So I think Pac-Man, although it doesn't make maybe as much sense because I guess he looks like a puck, but Pac-Man, maybe it sounds a little bit better, in my opinion. In any case, moving on to question number nine. During the American Civil War, what were the Confederate soldiers commonly called by the Union Army due to the stained color often seen on their uniforms? And that nickname was Butternuts. Union soldiers often referred to Confederate soldiers as Butternuts because of the yellow-brown color of their uniforms. The butternut tree is native from the northernmost tip of the United States to the mountains of North Carolina. The butternut has a light brown shell, and the bark of its tree has been used by native peoples, including the Cherokees, to create a brown or yellow dye for centuries. For this reason, Union Army soldiers often referred to Confederate soldiers as butternuts, which if you ask me, is kind of a ridiculous nickname to give somebody who is your enemy, to give to someone who's trying to kill you, who's shooting at you. Calling them butternuts, I mean, that's just kind of cute, right? It's kind of a cute name. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I could probably come up with better nicknames than that. I won't right now. But for the sake of the show, just know that the Union soldiers called them 
butternuts. Moving on to our last question of the day, question number 10. What is the term for the behavior in which honeybees fan their wings vigorously to circulate air through the hive and regulate its temperature and humidity? And that term is called fanning. Fanning is used to regulate the temperature inside of the hive by circulating air through the hive. Fanning for ventilation happens both inside and outside of the hive. The behavior also helps to evaporate the water off of the nectar stores and reduce the water content in the nectar to safely store it as, as honey. This fanning dehydrates the nectar stores to create honey that has 18% moisture content and create that extremely dry liquid substance. So if you ever have honey, you can probably assume that part of the process was done through fanning. So that will conclude this round of My Daily Trivia. If you found this round to be a bit too simple, well, I congratulate you. This is as hard as it gets. If, however, you found this episode to be a bit too challenging, well, why don't you take the weekend off and rejoin us on Monday. It's going to be the easiest day of the week. I want to encourage all of you to tell your friends, tell your family about our show. We're trying to grow our community here at My Daily Trivia. And speaking of community, I want to thank each of you for listening to our show. Thank you for listening to My Daily Trivia. I'm your host, Danny, and I will see all of you on Monday.